1: Welcome to the Greenbrook TMS Incorporated's third quarter 2020 results conference call and webcast. All lines are currently on mute to prevent any background noise. I would like to remind you that this conference call is being recorded today and is also being webcast on the company's website at www.greenbrooktms.com under the investor section events. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. Analysts and investors are reminded that any additional questions can be directed to the company at InvestorRelations at GreenbrookTMS.com. This call contains forward-looking statements which reflect the current expectations or beliefs of the company based on current available information. Forward-looking statements are subject to a number of risks and uncertainties that may cause the actual results of the company to differ materially from those discussed in the forward-looking statements. Factors that could cause actual results or events to differ materially from current expectations are disclosed under the heading Risk Factors in the company's Annual Information Form, dated March 10, 2020, and in the company's MD&A for the period ended September 30, 2020, which are available on SEDAR and on the company's website. Any forward-looking statement speaks only as of the date on which it is made, and the company disclaims any intent or obligation to update any forward-looking statement unless required by law. I would now like to turn the meeting over to Mr. Bill Leonard, President and Chief Executive Officer of Greenbrook TMS. Please go ahead, Mr. Leonard.
2: Thank you, Operator, and thank you to everyone for joining our conference call and webcast today. We are very excited about our Q3 2020 results which continue to demonstrate our growth momentum even as we continue to operate in a challenging environment imposed by COVID-19 pandemic. Overall, we were able to continue growing our business while providing the highest quality of service and protecting our patients, employees, and physician partners. Despite the challenging operating environment imposed by COVID-19 pandemic, we achieved our second highest quarterly revenue results since our inception and it insta- sustained strong year over year revenue growth. This quarter also marked a return to strong regional operating income. With the access to TMS therapy now more essential than ever, we have continued to increase efforts to expand patient interactions virtually, and the corresponding increased usage of these platforms by both patients and physicians contributed to this positive result. Quarterly consolidated revenue for Q3 2020 increased by 42 percent to 12 million, up 3.5 million as compared to Q3 2019. As I've mentioned, this represents our second highest quarterly revenue result in our company's history and represents an increase of 23 percent from 9.8 million in Q2 2020. On a year-to-date 2020 basis, consolidated revenue has increased by 43 percent to 33.2 million. Q3 2020 and year date 2020 aggregate corporate cost growth rate has decreased significantly as compared to fiscal year 2019, as we have continued to scale into our centralized business infrastructure and implemented cost-saving measures. We continue to experience record monthly highs in new patient starts throughout Q3 2020, highlighting the essential need for TMS therapy during these challenging times. We believe these record monthly highs will support a continued strong upward trend into fourth quarter of 2020. We added one active TMS center during Q3 2020 with an additional 11 TMS centers in development. This brings our total network to 125 TMS centers, which is an increase of 18% from Q3 2019. As mentioned, despite the impact of COVID-19, we continue to demonstrate strong momentum in growth with consolidated quarterly revenue increasing by 42% to $12 million in Q3 2020. On a year-to-date 2020 basis, consolidated revenue increased by 43% to $33.2 million. These positive results are primarily attributable to a strong bounce back from the initial onset of COVID-19 with record monthly highs in new patient starts throughout Q3 of 2020. Key efforts to provide greater access to patients virtually through expanded use of online platforms, focused marketing efforts on safety and accessibility of our TMS centers, coupled with the Achieved TMS acquisition were key contributors to our revenue growth. The COVID-19 pandemic has increased demand for mental health services, including TMS therapy, which we will believe will continue to promote growth as operating conditions normalize. In addition to strong revenue growth, same-region sales growth was positive this quarter at 2% in Q3 2020 and year-to-date 2020, supporting our thesis that this metric will revert back to pre-COVID-19 pandemic levels as operating conditions continue to normalize. Average revenue per treatment also increased by 5% to 235 in Q3 2020, and by 6% to 235 during year-to-date 2020. This increase was predominantly attributable to our expansion to more favorable reimbursement jurisdictions, including the Achieve TMS acquisition. Moving to regional operating income. This quarter marked a return to strong regional operating income, which increased by 26% to 1 million in Q3 2020, as compared to regional operating income of .8 million Q3 2019. This bounce back is primarily attributed to an increase in patient starts and a decrease in discretionary budgeted spending during this period. Regional operating income decreased 38% to 1.5 million during year-to-date 2020 as a result of the impact of COVID-19. The regional operating income margin was 4.5% in year-to-date 2020 compared to 10.4% in year-to-date 2019. Again, due to the impact of COVID-19, as well as the inclusion of 11 TMS centers in development, which provided downward pressure on regional operating income margins. Year-over-year aggregate corporate costs increased by 22% to $3.3 million for Q3 2020, and by 30% to $10.4 million in year-to-date 2020. Quarter-over-quarter aggregate corporate cost increased by 7% compared to Q2 2020. This is primarily attributed to the investments in our business infrastructure as market conditions began to stabilize during the period, offset significantly by discipline measures implemented to control costs as a result of COVID-19. As anticipated, the Q3 2020 and year date 2020 aggregate corporate cost growth rate has decreased significantly as compared to fiscal 2019 as we continue to scale into our centralized business infrastructure, this is further highlighted by the growth in revenue, eclipsing the growth rate in aggregate corporate costs in Q3 2020 on a year to date 2020 basis. The loss for the period increased predominantly as a result of the earnout payable to the sellers of Achieve TMS, which demonstrated strong performance even during these challenging times. From a balance sheet perspective, accounts receivable increased by 2.1 million to 12.2 million in Q2 2020 compared to Q4 2019 and increased by 1.3 million compared to Q2 2020. These increases are primarily due to the significant quarter over quarter increase in revenue in Q3 2020 and the impact of a slightly slower reimbursement timelines from payers due to disruption caused by COVID-19. We expect accounts receivable to continue to stabilize throughout 2020 and into 2021. As of Q3 2020, we had approximately $9.2 million cash on hand. Yesterday, we entered into a non-binding term sheet with a third-party lender in respect of a secured term loan facility in an aggregate amount of up to $30 million. We believe that successfully closing this debt financing will put us in a strong position to continue to grow our business. However, completion of this proposed debt financing remains subject to customary conditions, including completion of due diligence and negotiation of definitive documentation. And there's no assurance that this financing will be completed. Moving on to our core operating metrics. At the end of Q3 2020, the total number of TMS centers increased by 18% to 125 from 106 a year ago. Of the 125, Currently, 114 centers are active and contributing to revenue. The number of consultations performed increased 51% to 3,283 compared to Q3 2019. We increased the number of TMS patients performed by 35% to 51,033 over Q3 2019. Patient starts increased by 40% to 1,473 compared to Q3 2019. As I mentioned earlier, we have continued to experience record monthly highs in new patient starts throughout Q3 2020, highlighting the essential need for TMS therapy during these challenging times. We believe these record monthly highs will support a continued growth upward into the fourth quarter of 2020. During this quarter, we reached a significant milestone, having now provided more than a half million TMS treatments to more than 14,000 patients since our company was founded in 2011. We are confident because of TMS treatments with Greenbrook, these patients are now able to live fuller and richer lives. As we all continue to face the impact of COVID-19 pandemic, the need for mental health support is at an all-time high, and we are particularly proud of our ability to continue to reach new patients during this difficult time. We now, more than ever, must leverage the latest evidence based treatments to help patients recover from the debilitating impact of treatment resistant depression. We are therefore proud to be implementing early in 2021 a pilot program that offers Spravato, esketamine, at select Greenbrook TMS centers to treat adults with treatment resistant depression. We are excited at the prospect of making this new therapeutic option available to our patients, building on our long term business plan of utilizing our Greenbrook TMS centers as platforms for the delivery of innovative treatments to patients suffering from treatment-resistant depression. We initially plan on offering spravado at select locations during the pilot phase, the goal of which is to provide with the information and insights necessary to assess the value, ultimately making this treatment available at all our company's treatment centers in the future. In closing, I think this quarter has demonstrated our ability to continue to navigate and grow during the challenging operating environment opposed by COVID-19. I have never been more enthusiastic of our business on trajectory, and I'm confident that our business will emerge even stronger as market conditions continue to normalize. We look forward to keeping you updated on the progress of the company throughout 2020. Thank you for your time today, and with that, operator, we will now take questions.
1: As a reminder, in order to ask a question, Please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. We will pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from the line of David Newman from Desjardins. Your line is open.
0: Hi, this is QE Dowling in for David Newman. Good morning, Bill.
2: Hi, how are you? Good,
0: Hi, are you? Uh, I hope Ernie is doing fine.
2: Appreciate that. Thank you for asking.
0: Thank you. Um, so my first question was about the organic growth. It was 2% this quarter, which is obviously a significant recovery from Q2. Um, my question is, would you think there would be any factor that would hinder the recovery into 4Q, like the resurgence of COVID-19, et cetera, even though people, I know that people have already been uh, known of your essential statuses and uh, probably not as impacted.
2: Yeah, thanks, Chief. I, th- I think it's a two-part question. I-, I think the first answer is, um, you know, with COVID, uh, based on our leading indicators, we have not experienced an impact on our business. With that said, cases have increased across the U.S. I think there's a little bit of different mentality from the patient this time around. You know, during the first go-round with COVID, patients were really unsure on how to adapt to, you know, government mandates and shutdowns. There was really no precedent ever ever set to deal with the pandemic. So pr- prospective patients were confused. Um, I think patients and individuals are now more empowered, even with COVID. So they're returning to normal activities, whether that's going to the grocery store, whether that's uh, socializing, and definitely taking care of their mental health needs. Uh, in addition, you know, we learned a lot as a company during the initial onset of COVID. So the changes we made with our protocols, messaging and accessibility in the spring has put us in a really good position uh, if if COVID has returned. So I think you're gonna continue to see our business, uh, our our same store kind of continue to grow. And we're really proud of the fact of the 21% turnaround from Q2. And we really do believe that we're in a better position to deal with any resurgence. Um, The other portion of it is the fact that unfortunately due to COVID, you've seen north of 30% increase of depression uh, during this time. Eventually a large portion of those patients will really end up in the TMS pipeline, and it's something we feel we're in great position to uh, really take advantage of. So I think you'll see continued kind of response by our same store and even momentum with our newer regions uh, developing uh, going forward.
0: right so is there uh, are you seeing any different in terms of the trends among your different states like you've got to say COVID 19 hit the state maybe in the south different differently from uh, North from uh, California
2: or so on. Yeah, so I think early on we definitely saw um, harder hit areas like Virginia, North Carolina, and St. Louis. Um, It seems to be kind of popping up throughout the entire U.S., but we're not seeing a change in our leading indicators throughout our marketplace, throughout our platform.
0: All right, thank you. Um, And my last question would be about the Spravato pilot program. Uh, could you share yes. more details about the many center will be at the initial rollout uh, do you have some metrics in mind to review the success of the program and um, how quick are your do you plan for the rollout in 2021
2: know, Yeah we we are going to slow play this we're excited to kind of you know really believe it's a great opportunity to expand and strengthen on our platform for both our referral network which makes up 50% of our business and to the patients who are suffering from TRD, treatment-resistant depression, especially yeah. with the significant increase in depression caused by this time. Either the pilot. The, I would look at the pilot this way. It's going to be in five centers across our platform. Um, right. you know, more than likely it will be, be a 90-day kind of pilot, and this will really kind of allow us to gain valuable insights before rolling out to the large number of centers in 2021. I mean, what we're going to look at is the patient flow within the center, the patient response, the insurance uh, approval, and really to see if patients begin choosing uh, TMS over Spravato when they understand um, what's required by Spravato in terms of the uh, possible missing of work. So first part of it is really just geared towards really understanding that patient, and then we'll kind of have a better understanding of what we're going to do going forward.
0: So effectively, Spravato will also serve as a tool to expand the pipeline for TMS patients ultimately, right?
2: Yeah, I think the bottom line is um, there are certain patients today that are not capable of having TMS because of their acute phase of depression. I think adding Spravato to our platform, which is a significant opportunity for us, um, to really allow us to capture more patients suffering from depression and at different phases of depression. The other portion of it is the fact that it gives, our, uh, it gives our referring network, which is a significant portion of our business, that opportunity to, to, to again, send to Greenbrook TMS as kind of their, their source for dealing with unique depression cases. So I really believe it has added value to not only the company and our sales team, but to referring doctors um, who have been working with us just with TMS therapy. So we're, we're really excited about expanding on our, on our current platform with Spravato.
0: Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. I'll
2: get back here to the you. Your next
1: question comes from the line of Noel Atkinson from Clara Securities. Your line is open.
3: Hi. Good morning, Bill. Uh, well done on the quarter. Um, just have a few questions here. So uh, in terms of the strength that, that uh, Greenbrook saw through Q3, you mentioned sort of record patient starts. So are you saying that there were record patient starts achieved in each of, you know, July, August, September?
2: Yeah, the good thing was when I wanted to produce uh, record T-shirts in July, that was quickly broken in August, which then became broken in September. So each month was uh, better than the other, which was a great reflection of our return to kind of getting back to growth opportunity and and our performance during COVID. So we were really excited and and strong trends have continued. So uh, it it was a a really kind of strong performance and and hats off to our team for their efforts in, in patient care throughout the pandemic.
3: that uh, you you have a few centers now listed, additional centers listed in you know, Texas and Florida in recent month or so. Um, you know, what's do you have any sort of target for center expansion and new openings into Q4?
2: The, the focus on the company, as we talked about before, was we'll, we'll start running towards that 140 again, kind of getting back on the new development and growth into kind of Q1, the first half of 2021. The focus on the company now will be to really get those kind of 11 in development into an active stage, which is uh, really going to start seeing patients and, and driving revenue. Majority of those will come from those newer regions, specifically Florida, Texas, and Michigan. So that, that's kind of what we're running to right now. Uh, and then we do feel uh, we have a strong pipeline, um, not only based on our relationships with dialogue we had over the past year, but also the impact of COVID to some practices. So we're, we're excited to get back on the growth uh, kind of uh, runway, uh, but for now it's really focused on um, getting those up and running to start contributing revenue to those regions, newer regions.
3: And those 11 would typically come in what over the next sort of three six months kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to really focus on of the 11 getting uh, a majority of those done in in Q4.
3: Okay, great. Uh, okay, perfect. And then on. For, oh, sorry, one more thing just on the new center expansion. So the thirty million of uh, new potential term debt, if if sourced, um, you know, where does that take the company in terms of potential expansion?
2: Uh, I appreciate the question, but I, I really can't get into uh, the specifics of those use of proceeds. Obviously, it's a it's a non-binding term sheet. Um, once we do complete that, I will make sure to update everyone on uh, the use of proceeds for that. Obviously, we did say in the press release that would be continue to grow our business, which we do feel like puts us in a really strong position to move forward with that.
3: Okay. Uh, and then on Spravato, um, so that's, that sounds really exciting. You know, we see a lot of quote-unquote psychedelic companies out there, and so for somebody that's got over 100 centers uh, offering esketamine seems like a, a very attractive opportunity here. Um, can you talk at all about what it means to the workflow within your facilities? Um, you know, do you need to hire additional staff, and uh, uh, how does this work for capacity utilization? And anything you can provide us on a pricing model or a margin model would be really helpful.
2: Yeah, on, on a staffing perspective, uh, we will not increase our staff based on providing Spravato. Uh, we'll take advantage of our physicians who are providing uh, direct supervision and are in office at the whole time, um, as we're going to be involved in an administer and observe portion of spravado. So we will be utilizing our team that's currently in place there. Um, in some cases, we will look to look uh, use uh, capacity with underutilized rooms. Um, With Spravato, you're able to put more than one patient in a room at the same time. Uh, As far as the financial side is concerned, it's unique because there's different ways to go after Spravato. One is just kind of administer, observe, which does not allow you to maximize your revenue. Uh, We'll definitely start out that way just to really understand that, again, that patient uh, and how that response is within our center in terms of that workflow. Um, and eventually we can go into uh, a buy-and-bill opportunity. But at this time, it's probably not appropriate to talk about the financial side until we really understand um, how that pilot works out and the observations and, and, and the findings we're hoping to gain. But I will definitely circle back with you once we're at that point.
3: Okay, great. All right. Thanks very much. I appreciate it.
2: Thanks, Noel. Your next question comes
1: from the line of David Martin from Bloom Burton. Your line is open.
4: Hi, Bill. Uh, good morning. I have a few questions. Uh, the first one is you, also about the Spravato uh, program. Um, is Spravato um, more likely to move out of uh, psychiatrists offices uh, the way that TMS did, or is it easier for psychiatrists to administer Spravato in their offices?
2: You know, interestingly, David, um, I think, uh, you know, it's probably a better question for Janssen, but at the same time, the feedback we're hearing and, and why the interest in Greenbrook TMS from Janssen was really because it, it, had, a, it had a similar rollout out to TMS, which is uh, it was brought in by psychiatrists, and then there's a lot of steps to go through to kind of put that in practice uh, in terms of staffing. And obviously, with a two-hour observation period, it became difficult. So I think, You're seeing Spravato in both uh, ketamine centers. I think you are seeing it in somewhat of um, kind of group practices. Um, It's still mainly focused on psychiatry, just as TMS is. Uh, TMS is still really focused on uh, psychiatric practices. Um, I I think it fits really well with us in terms of our product offering for both our patients, our, our staffing of the centers, and obviously our referring network.
4: Okay. Um, what, when you run this pilot program, are you going to offer it to all patients or some, like how will you choose which patients it will be offered to?
2: Um, well, obviously we're going uh, uh, to offer it to patients suffering from treatment-resistant depression and really the decision between what is best for that patient, whether it be Spravato or whether it be TMS therapy, which we still love TMS therapy and think it's a great uh, kind of re- a result for patients and clinical outcome. That decision will be sh- squarely put on the hands of our medical directors, as uh, they are the ones most appropriate to make clinical decisions for that patient.
4: Okay. And w- will you be paid for this while you're running the program, uh, the pilot program, or is it net neutral, or is it going to cost you money?
2: It will not cost us money, and we will be paid.
4: Okay. Uh, moving to another topic. Uh, My understanding is that insurance coverage for OCD may start in uh, January. Uh, Have you started promotion of that indication?
2: Uh, We do have, uh, we have been treating OCD and probably we're, we're, we've probably one of the uh, largest providers of OCD in terms of number of helmets uh, with the Brainsway. Um, The news of of January 1 is uh, I, I have not heard that before. We're involved in, Um, with Brainsway and helping them kind of with clinical outcomes. But um, obviously if that's, if you're telling me that I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. I think the industry is in a great position uh, with uh, indications that Brainsway has come out with like OCD and potential reimbursement. And obviously Nordnetics uh, had their call last week and talked about creating more focus on awareness and also a, a bipolar indication. So, Uh, There's a lot of tailwinds behind the industry right now when you look at the manufacturer side of the business and also look at the increase of depression of what is being told around 33% and just the growth of an underserved marketplace. So, you know, we feel we're in a great position to really kind of uh, grow our platform.
4: Have your promotions included uh, talking about OCD or does that wait until the uh, reimbursement's widespread?
2: Well, I think it, it's, it's, you know, when we go ahead and spend marketing dollars, we do have it promoted that we offer OCD, but we're not really going to spend a significant amount of dollars devoted to a, uh, an indication that does not have reimbursable codes. Uh, but obviously, we're in great positions to make those changes if it does come as soon as January 1. So if that's the case, uh, obviously, we are ready to go within our uh, organization.
4: Okay and I just have one quick uh, housekeeping question the earnout obligations to achieve they they're finished now at the end of Q3 there'll be no more of those
2: Yes there's the earnout is complete there's a 90 day kind of true up period um but that is uh that that period of time is over at the end of uh, September Okay thanks Thanks David
1: Your next question comes from the line of Tanya Gonzalez from Canaccord. Your line is open. Good
5: morning, Bill. Congrats on a good quarter. Um, A few more from me here. Uh, One, so your consultation rates came in really, really high this quarter. Um, Is this something we can expect will continue? I know you said the traction has remained going into Q4. Um, So on a consultation per, let's say, device or per center basis, can we expect it to remain at these levels?
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we've spent so I, – I've got to walk you back a little bit in a sense to understand that uh, during the COVID pandemic, we, uh, we kind of shifted our platform around in a sense because doctors at individual practices were kind of either shutting down or moving to a virtual platform. So we, did, we had a really good response and really kind of upping our game on the digital side, which is increase, uh, the, increase the number of consultations coming into our centers. Now, as um, you pointed out, that that conversion rate changed a little bit in terms of uh, a patient coming from a referring physician's office uh, closes at a much higher percentage than that of a direct consumer patient, uh, just because it's a captured audience. They've been dealing with depression their whole life. With that said, that patient that comes from a direct consumer may come back to you within six to twelve months once they've hit the criteria of meeting the med's requirements by the payers. So we expect the kind of continue uh, to perform at a high level in terms of actual number of consultations. Uh, there is some seasonality at times, but at the same time, we, we think we're doing a good job with uh, uh, the, the change of our platform and, and the doctor starting to respond. So we expect that, that that number to kind of remain high and trend in the right direction.
5: Okay, perfect. You answered my next question there, too, on the conversion rate, so thank you. Um, I I don't know if you are able to answer this for me, but – when will that term debt close? Do you have a timeline in mind if it does close?
2: Uh, all I can tell you right now is we are uh, pushing diligently uh, to close it before the end of the year, but obviously that, that timeline can, can can vary. Perfect.
5: Um, now the cost containment measures, um, I noticed a lot of these, I think they've all come off now. You've brought back your furloughed staff, your uh, the executive comp is back to normal. When did that happen during the quarter? I'm just trying to get a sense of where uh, run rate expenses are going forward.
2: Yeah, I mean, they, they, the the, co- the cost containment uh, has continued. We brought back individuals really just because of the growth of the business and experienced record highs. Um, but as you can tell from year over year, we have done a nice job of containing those costs. As far as the uh, some of the executive deferrals and all that, that, that happened really at, at the end of September and into October.
5: Okay. Thanks. Um, of your installed base of TMS devices, yes. how many are Brainsway devices?
2: I would say to you, it's roughly a mix of Northstar majority with is roughly around, you know, 60 plus percent and Brainsway around 30 uh, percent. Uh, when we did the acquisition of Achieve, the uh, they were uh, really strong on the Brainsway platform. And so that kind of added to the mix a lot.
5: And then I guess your legacy business had a lot of Neurostar. Is that because there's a cost differential for you or, or financing benefit to, to the Neurostar machines versus the machine? machines?
2: Um, I, I wouldn't say that. I would say based on the volume of our uh, business and the patient uh, that we treat, it, it one has a lower upfront cost and then a treatment fee, and the other one has a higher upfront call cost with no treatment fee. But based on our mix of business, uh, at the end of the day, they're fairly equal. Um, again, though, as, as we've talked in the past, we, we really like our device agnostic approach. We feel it gives a, a, a great benefit to us from our competition in the marketplace. Um, obviously, uh, it, some patients we feel are better than the others. Uh, our doctors really like having the option of different devices. Uh, but I really you know, work closely with both organizations and think they're both doing a great job of kind of helping to push this industry forward.
5: All right, Excellent. Um, on Scravado now, I think those peak sales estimates, I believe, have come down in recent times. Just the, the cost has posed a barrier, I suppose, to insurers. Is there the p- potential because you're rolling this out in an existing clinic with physicians that are already on site, is there the potential to charge a lower cost and maybe capture more of that market? Um, in,
2: some cases it's in some cases, it's reimbursable, so you can't alter the pricing. I, I think, you know, what what it does for us as a company, it really kind of, you know, it protects our current patients uh, in terms of our referral network. It expands the uh, the opportunity for us to catch a wider range of patients, specifically specifically those that are, you know, don't respond to TMS because they may be further down the line on depression. Um, and so it really, in the last area, is it allows us to leverage our staff and doctors who are already in those offices. We can do both at the same time. Um, and so we, we just we played this out slowly. We wanted to take a look at it to make sure it was the right thing. And we feel uh, with the increase of depression caused by the pandemic and um, our platform, we feel it's a great uh, addition to our, uh, to our business model.
5: Um. Is there also the potential now, and a lot of these psychedelic drugs are currently in clinical trials, seeing as you can administer uh, something like Spravato, is there the potential for you to run or help run trials out of your clinic?
2: Yeah, we're comfortable running trials. I mean, obviously, uh, we were involved in the cl- trials for um, TMS, so and we still do, so we're, uh, we work closely with the manufacturers. They obviously like to work with us during trials because of our ability to attract patients um, we have the we have support around our key doctors in terms of um, you know doing the research and doing the follow up for those trials. So uh, yeah, we're always uh, we're always asked and, uh, and not opposed to trials. We think it provides a great leadership position for us as an organization and gives us great valuable insight uh, for potential future indications.
5: Excellent. I will leave it there. Thank you so much, Bill.
2: Thanks, Tanya.
1: Your next question comes from the line of Justin Keywood from Stiefel. Your line is open. Good morning,
6: and thanks for taking my call. I had a broader question just on the the cost and revenue profile in the business. The uh, adjusted EBITDA loss, uh, you know, narrowed uh, this quarter, which was uh, nice to see. Uh, but how should we assume that progression in achieving? Uh, positive uh, or break-even uh, adjusted EBITDA. Uh, do you have a, a target revenue uh, number that you're, you're going for, or, or a number of TMS uh, centers, perhaps?
2: It's a combination, Justin. But I think as we said, uh, we were the, the the organization at the start of Q1 was focused on reaching break-even, kind of in that Q4 timeframe of this year. Uh, COVID did delay that process a little bit. Um, so we've really kind of pushed that out and expect to kind of achieve that uh, kind of in the back half of uh, 2021.
6: Okay, that's helpful. And then is there like a medium-term goal as far as what the adjusted EBITDA margins could be in the business as the greater scale uh, contributes So maybe looking out two years?
2: Um You know, I think in that scenario, it's a combination of several things. One is the fact on our development, rate of development, um, our cost containment, uh, and obviously uh, how quickly we roll other product revenue into the mix. So uh, it it, it varies at this point. But obviously the first, first focus will be really to kind of run towards break even in the back half of 2021.
6: Okay, understood. And then I wonder if you had any observations uh, around the the U.S. uh, election outcome and how that may relate to uh, reimbursement for uh, TMS therapy. Uh, I believe there's at least some clarity on the Medicare and and Medicaid uh, going forward, but it would be helpful if you had any additional color around that.
2: Well, I think the first part of your question would be: I think uh, based on the U.S. election and how it uh, all went down, I think uh, it increased the pool, pop, the increased the pipeline of depression for uh, us as well. But other than that, um, there, there's a focus on providing mental health support and services in the in the U.S. So uh, we believe uh, we'll continue to see positive trends around reimbursement uh, for depression, anxiety, and other mental health indications, and we expect uh, kind of that. To momentum to kind of go forward in the, in the future. Uh, but as far as kind of any changes we expect based on administration uh, moves, that, that's not what we're hearing and that's not what we're seeing. So we hope everything stays in play and continues to be really open towards uh, kind of positive scenarios, such as direct supervision, such as a virtual platform, which would really kind of enhance the pipeline for companies like Greenbrook.
6: Mm-hmm. And if I just may ask one more question on the virtual initiative, uh, any update there on how that's rolling out? Uh, ha- have you been seeing greater receptiveness uh, by patients in, in usual using the, the virtual for- form uh, versus in person?
2: Yeah, I mean it's 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 rolled out uh, right now completely, and we are having patients access uh, that opportunity. Uh, I will tell you that patients still like coming to the center, and it's probably a. Uh, Uh, a patient who uh, closes, uh, uh, you know, moves forward with TMS because they make the commitment, but it's definitely uh, been valuable to us to kind of roll that platform out uh, for patients who are still kind of a little bit concerned about starting the process due to COVID. It really eliminated uh, a couple steps for them to drive to the center, um, and we feel it's been a valuable asset to the the addition to the business.
6: Mm -hmm. Okay, understood, and thank you for taking my questions.
2: Thank you, Justin.
1: Once again, in order to ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from the line of David
4: Martin from Bloomberton. Your line is open. Uh, thanks, Bill. i have got a couple more. Um, so you mentioned that uh, you want to start activating some of the centers in development. Are, are there still any go, no-go um, uh switches on that do you need the 30 million um are you waiting to see how COVID impacts these regions or, or, or is this happening now
2: uh, yeah i mean we're working towards activating some of the centers uh, as we go forward um, we are keeping a close uh look at on uh the return of COVID, um, which should peak somewhere in the winter months um, but at the same time, we feel we're in good position to uh, at least kind of move forward with some of those openings.
4: You don't need the thirty million to uh, do it then. Um,
2: no, not not at this point.
4: Okay. Um, the regions where the new centers are going to be activated, uh, I think you mentioned Florida, Texas, Michigan. Are those higher reimbursement areas or lower reimbursement areas?
2: Yeah, the higher reimbursement areas in our marketplace are more towards the western part of the country in our platform, such as Texas, uh, California, Oregon, and obviously Alaska. Um, so that, that would be your highest reimbursement areas. Okay. Um, the regional
4: marketing uh, costs took a bit of a jump in uh, Q2. Uh, was that uh, one time, uh, or is it, is it expected to stay stable or even increase from uh, where it is now?
2: Um, I I just I need to take a little closer look at that one. So if you don't mind, I'd like to kind of get back to you on that specific question. Um, Obviously, we target roughly uh, a 10% increase. uh, It's kind of an overall level um, varies by region, so to speak. Uh, But let me get back to you on that particular answer.
4: Okay. And then the last uh, question I have is, Spravato, um, is, is there reimbursement for administration or is it just reimbursement for the drug where reimbursement exists now?
2: No, there's reimbursement uh, for administration observed as well. Okay. Okay. And how much
4: is that reimbursement?
2: Uh, varies based on marketplace. And um, we, we, like I told you before, we will uh, definitely get back to you in terms of the financial side of that. But uh, obviously, the first part, the most important part of Spravada is the fact that it really offers us uh, patients, our patients, a greater opportunity to access Greenbrook therapy. Uh, and also the fact our referring doctors now have a, another outlet on someone they're very comfortable with referring to and working with.
4: Is the goal to move all the patients who start on Spravato onto TMS, or will some of them stay on Spravato?
2: Well, we're hoping some of the patients that start out with Spravato end up uh, in remission, so uh, I wouldn't say that the goal is to move all those patients. Uh, We do hope that some of the patients who uh, are on Spravato kind of get the baseline and then have the ability to transition to TMS. But, again, both these products are standalone products uh, and, and opportunities in terms of treatment modalities Uh, that we really hope to capture a wider uh, number of patients. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, David. There
1: are no further questions at this time. I turn the call back to management for closing remarks.
2: Thank you, everyone. We appreciate your uh, uh, attending today's call and look forward to kind of speaking with you on our next call. And uh, everyone stay healthy during this time and uh, have a great end of the year and holiday season.
1: That concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect.
0: Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.